Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rashpixel.fm. I'm Pete Wright, and right over there is Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hi, Nikki. Hi, Pete. It's a, a happy day. It's a happy day. Any any podcast day is a happy day, Nikki. It is. I agree. Yeah. Uh, we have, uh, we're talking about, this is the last, this is part four of the organizing steps. We do have some more organizing to talk about, but this is the big part four today. And that is maintenance. I'm very excited about maintenance. I'm not. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm actually not. I'm I was going to say lying. there was I'm no, not excited at all about no maintenance. enthusiasm in that at all. It totally stresses <laughs> me out. Thank you for being honest. <laughs> it stresses me out. I'm genuinely terrible at it, and I I look at things. It's like things are fermenting in my closet. You know, it was once organized, so now I'm I'm hoping you'll give me some some solid guidance on yes. straightening my action up. Yes. Uh, before we do that, head over to TakeControlADHD.com. You can get up to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list and we'll send you an email each time a new episode is released. You can connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at TakeControlADHD. Okay. Uh, I have a little bit of follow-up. May I, if I may? Well, of course you may, because this is a technology question. It is. Follow up. It is a technology so. question, and it's sort of related to our announcement. I mean, maybe we should do that first. The Women's Palooza is, this is the last, we're not talking about that? No, by because the time this goes live. You got it. All right. Well, the reason I bring it up is because we talk about this specifically. I think we actually talk about, mentioned this related to password security in our presentation. Yes. At, at Women's Palooza. And we so do. if you see that, this is, this is pre-follow-up. For the for any questions that come out of that and post follow up uh, to a conversation we had related to big password breaches some weeks back. And uh, that is have I been pwned dot com. Uh, I don't think I made a very good case 
for uh, why you should use have I been pwned.com and uh, the background of that site because it has kind of a strange URL. And if you're not familiar with it in security circles, it's going to be a thing that maybe you uh, you don't know if you can trust just because some Yahoo on a podcast, namely this guy, right. says you should go trust it. Uh, should you trust it? And uh, I, I, I want to be uh, clear that the uh, this website is is legit. It's run by a guy named Troy Hunt. Troy Hunt is a, a Microsoft MVP of the year. He is Microsoft Regional Director. Like he is, uh, he is a web security expert. Um, uh, he's that is of some renown in the industry of security on the web. And he spun up this website, haveibeenpwned.com, as a public service because he he felt like there was just no sense of transparency in uh, in these data breaches. How do you know if the company themselves uh, that has been breached, it, it, they aren't doing the work of telling you if your email address was involved in this uh, uh, this thing right um and and so he puts this this website together pwned uh is uh, you know it's leet speak it's like gamer speak for um have you know if if i pwn you it means i just like beat your base right in a in a game i, I think we have gamers who are, are better equipped to explain that that term but in this case it means do does some nefarious actor have access to my credentials do they have access to my username and password so all troy does is take the publicly available um, breaches, the data from those breaches, like all the email addresses that have been released or all the passwords that have been released that are already out there in public. And he just puts a search engine in front of it. So you can go to this website and say, I'm going to enter my email address and just see what if my email address is involved in any hacks. Right. Mm -hmm. So this information is already out there. Right. There's no other way for him to get it. The question is, do you trust Troy Hunt and, you know, his credentials? I encourage you to check out his Wikipedia page. It is robust. It talks all about uh, his background in the work. You have access to his speaking like he is a, um, a, a legit professional in this field. And the, the website is uh, of great uh, is a great resource, technically. You can do two things on it. You can enter your email address and not your password, right? You just enter your email address and say, is this out there? Or there's another section on the website where you can enter your password, which, you know, unless you have a super secure password already, that is of less use, uh, I think, because, you you know, your password might be security123, and then you'll see, yeah, well, that password's involved in data breaches, but, you know, anybody's password is involved. Uh, you, you know, you, the odds of you having the same password as somebody else, if you're not very good at passwords yet, uh, is pretty high. Um, and so I think having uh, email addresses, you know, it. The, the question came in from a listener, um, you know, how do we know if this site is legit? Don't just start entering your email and password into this website because it, it may be actually harvesting your data. Don't do that. Right. Well, you know, all I can tell you is uh, my experience has only gotten better since mm -hmm. I've known about this site, since I've started using Have I Been Pwned. One Password is a legit, uh, you know, software development company. They incorporate Have I Been Pwned into their back end. Like that's what Watchtower is doing is it's checking the data breaches against Have I Been Pwned. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't know how I don't know how else to make the case apart from you have to decide 
if these people are legitimate yourself. Like if you if you just decide I'm not going to trust anybody, fine, but go change your passwords, right? That, right. That's keep your passwords changed. Then you have to be even more vigilant if you're not going to trust the sources out there that are, are telling you that you've been pwned, uh, that your passwords have been released in a hack. Then you have to be even more vigilant if, you, if you're never going to actually look at the data. And that's mm-hmm. that's a different kind of security. I, I prefer to to uh, have a service that's actually uh, telling me what's available on in public. So I don't know. Does that make sense? Have I answered the question? It does make sense. And I'm just really glad that you answered it. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, there we go. I think it's great. All right. And uh, I'm my hope is that I am talking about this, that uh, our gamer folks in the chat will jump over to Discord and maybe post uh, their thoughts on what pwned means. So that's clear to everybody, because I know I did a terrible job of actually explaining that. And it's it's kind of a fun term. So, um, you know, maybe maybe that'll be a something that that can be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thanks in advance for that. The ADHD podcast is brought to you by you. The reason that Nikki and I can do this show every week, year after year, is thanks to the support of you, our listeners, at patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. Your direct support pays for hosting the show and equipment, but it also, and even more importantly, it helps put food on our very table. So visit patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast and and support us today. We, We appreciate it. Now, what do you get? Well, this week, let's talk about workshops. Uh, you know, if you if you subscribe and support the show at the supreme level, uh, then you get access to the workshop library. And, and Nikki is posting uh, her workshops. We are doing new workshops every month. Uh, these uh, online videos that we're putting up around uh, ADHD topics, we're taking suggestions. We are doing all kinds of work to to help build that video library uh, of of resources. And and that's something you get as a as a supporter. Uh, it's just one of the things that that you get uh, as a supporter of the ADHD podcast. You you know you also get access to an incredible community of of caring folks who live with ADHD and really want to support one another. I the the latest buzz in the deluxe channel. Apparently, there was a pending uh, engagement proposition at Disneyland over oh, the I Valentine's saw that, Day, right. and it we're was, waiting to hear oh, back, right? Oh, like, if well, let me just I I don't even want to spoil. I'll spoil it. It didn't happen, but oh. it may someday down the road, and. I just love that this that such drama took place over the weekend, and uh, it was it <laughs> was just really, really fun. Oh, it was cool. really fun in the chat room. So you get access to that and and so much more. Uh, it is an incredible and warm place. So we really appreciate you giving it a, a shot. Patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. Uh, we appreciate your support today. Listener supported podcasting. Back to the show. This is week four of our Organizing Space podcast series. We highly recommend, if you have not listened to the other three episodes, that you jump back in time three episodes and begin with step one so you'll know where we are. Because this Uh, will make absolutely no sense to you if you are starting right now. (laughs) Truth. Right. Truth. Yes. We are talking about step four, maintaining your space. Nikki, where would you like to start? Well, I want to do just a quick review of the last three weeks because we have covered a lot of information and how we uh, 
what we covered and how it led us to where we are today. Yes. So the first week we talked about planning and that was really kind of deciding where to start, what the purpose is of our space. Uh, second week, we were talking a lot about sorting, making decisions, what you're keeping, some of those roadblocks that, that keep us from making those decisions. Uh, last week, we talked about organizing. So that was the actual placing your items back into your homes of, you know, placing them back in a way that you can find them when you need them. Which leads us to step four, which is maintaining. And Pete yeah. is over there shaking his head. I Why <laughs> is maintaining? Can we just start there? Why is maintaining so challenging? Especially if, if you've like I, for ADHD, like this is the this is the part that always just falls completely off the radar for me. Well, you're not the only one. I remember actually a few years ago, um, I was working with a client who had ADHD and, and we were talking about organizing space. And there was a one spot in his house that he was working on. And uh, and that's exactly what he said. He's like, you know, we've gone through this process. You've helped me sort. You've helped me put things back. And he goes, I really think that the part that I've been missing is this step four. Like, I never think of maintaining my space. And it's sort of that. Um, thought that, well, once I do it, then it's going to stay that way or it should stay that way. But we all know that it doesn't. Right. Um, and even if you don't have ADHD, you know, our our spaces don't stay organized because we use our stuff. Yeah. And if you don't live by yourself and you live with other people, then you've got other people who are using your stuff and using their stuff and gets, you know, things get misplaced and and it just happens. Life happens. So I, I, I get worked up emotionally about maintain, maintaining the space. Like I just look at a, a straight up bookshelf. I take a book off the shelf. I use it for reference for some period of time. And then sometimes, you know, if I have bookshelves that might be a little deeper than you, sometimes I'll just walk up to the bookshelf and I'll just set the book on the bookshelf. I won't take the extra microseconds to put the book up straight and slide it between the books where it was. I'll just set it on top. Either maybe it's on top of the books or on top of the bookshelf. I like that to me when I see that, when I, I know I do it, I, I, I go away and I come back and I look at the bookshelf and I realize the bookshelf is going to just fall apart if I just keep taking books out and putting them back stacked on top of one another. Why? Do I do that? That feels like something is broken inside I, of me. You know, I think I it's a mindset. I think that you bring up a really good point. I think it's a mindset because as I'm listening to you describe that experience, you know, unless your books are alphabetized or categorized in some strange way, does it really matter if it's vertical or horizontal? Well, that's okay. That's a good question. <laughs> I think I think it does matter from a space efficiency perspective, like but using that's the space. Not the point. Because then, I, and the more I do it, the more I stack the book. You know, then I have books that are both stacked and vertical, and they're all on top of one another. Getting to the books next time I use them is more complicated. Keeping the space used most efficiently gets more complicated. Like there are there are practical reasons I can imagine doing right. that. Uh, uh, like uh, I I can imagine keeping. It's why I organize the space in the first place. Uh, in in some regards, so I I think that you know I, I, we're using books as an example. Right. But when I look in my closet, which I can't show you because the camera is fixed, but when I look in my closet and the way it is deteriorated, it makes it harder to find the things I need when I need them that aren't books when I have have lived in this sort of state of maintain, maintenance disarray. 
So that's the point is that you you need to be at a point. I mean, right. When we look at what what does organizing mean, you want to find or you want to be able to find what you need when you need it. So if you are coming to your bookshelf and you can't find what you need, then it's definitely that's a red flag of it's probably time to straighten those books up. Um, and take the time to maintain it. Yeah. My point is that if you can still find the book that you need, because it happens to be just right there, then you're not, you know, that there's nothing wrong with your system. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's setting up the expectation of what works for you. And if you can find what you need, then, you know, it doesn't have to be efficient. It's just a matter of you finding what you need when you need it. Um, but again, well, yeah, can't. and I guess by definition, if I can find what I need when I need it, that is the definition of efficiency. Right, right. right? So it doesn't matter if they're or if they're horizontal or vertical or crisscross, applesauce. I'm going to start hanging. doing crisscross. Yeah, <laughs> but the point is, is if you can't, like, if you think that you have a book there and you don't, now you can't find it, then something okay. might be in order for you to maintain. Like, yeah. there, it might be time for you to do this. Yeah. Let's get back to what you wanted to talk about today regarding maintenance and uh, see how well it clears up my emotional disarray. Well, this is the key because, you know, we talked a little bit about mindset. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that one of the things that I want people to think about, if you've gone through steps one, two and three, step four really doesn't have to be that hard or time consuming. Do you believe me? Well, you know. Kind of. This is one of those things where I believe you because I've worked with you for so long. And uh, so I know what you're saying is I know what you're saying is true. But I always say it like that. Ugh, I know she's right. Because like, you've already done the steps yeah, exactly. beforehand, yes. right? You've you already went through the process of deciding what you're going to keep. You've already yeah. gone through the process of where things are going to go. So right now, all you're doing is picking up. Yeah. Yeah, that's all you're doing now. If you with need the to... intention, what was what going back to what you just said, like with the intention of always being able to find what you need when you need it. And sure. that's the thing I have to keep back in my head that if, if it as long as I'm picking up the book and putting it back where I'm going to find it when I need it, it doesn't necessarily matter the orientation of the book. Right. I can I can free myself from some of that anxiety. Yes. And I think free yourself from the anxiety that you have to put things away right away. Right. Because things do get on countertops. They do get stacked on back of chairs. And again, just going back to the thought process is you already have a place for these things. So now it's just a matter of taking some time to pay attention and put it back. So I'm not in the believer. I'm not in the, the mindset of. Every time you use something, you have to put it back. Oh, my gosh, I'd be lying if yeah. if that's what I thought, because, you know, my my house gets messy and it gets cluttered and it's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can, you know, maintain it by just paying attention. And that's really what has to happen is you know, basically two things. One is you have to pay attention to the clutter. Mm-hmm. And the second is you really want it to create some routines around paying attention so that it doesn't just um, slip by and then all of a sudden you're back to where you started. Okay. So let's talk about some of those routines. What does that look like day to day? Well, uh, you know. 
for, think, for my cleanup ever. Yeah. And again, this is we're not looking for perfection. We're just looking for progress. But one of the 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 uh, greatest routines you can have is doing a daily cleanup. And if it's not a daily cleanup, then, you know, even just two or three times a week where you just spend 10 to 15 minutes a day putting your stuff away. So if your table has now gotten cluttered with a bunch of stuff, you take 10 to 15 minutes to put it away. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great if you can do it on like kind of a nightly basis, like before you go to bed or um, something like that. But again, whatever you can do is going to be better than just leaving it and not doing anything. Okay, I'd like to suggest, uh, you know, if you don't yet consider having teenage children, yes, uh, because they are very useful in abdicating your own cleanup responsibility uh, under the guise of uh, responsibility themselves. Right. Building uh, good say they're, they're very useful tools. <laughs> they are very useful tools. My, my children have become useful tools. Yeah. Well, and all, you know, all children, no matter how, how young, you know, teenagers or not, get your yeah. family involved, get your roommates involved. You know, your if spouse you're not... could also be a useful tool. Absolutely. I, she, my wife refers to me as a useful tool all the time. <laughs> I can I I I get to work. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) But this the point is that it's just making it a habit to pay attention to the messes, and you know engage yourself, make it fun, put some music on, make a game out of it. Um, you know, set your Pomodoro timer. Just do one Pomodoro cycle, and 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 just train some things up. Yep. Yes, and and you're doing that a little bit. You know, either again every day or three, four times a week, whatever you can do, and it's going to make a difference yeah uh the second thing this isn't necessarily a habit but it's definitely something to identify and those are the hot spots in your home um these are the areas that collect the most stuff everybody has them they're just different like so they may be an island in the kitchen they may be a table they may be a certain couch or a floor i mean we all have them pay attention to what's accumulating and ask yourself you know what's going on here are these items that don't have a home that you need to actually make that decision um is there an organizing system that needs to be set up in some way um but you know look at those things and really decide you know why is this happening and and what maybe it is just taking 10 minutes to clean it up and that's all you have to do. Uh, But I want to give you an example of where maybe an organizing system might be helpful. If the and this is about mail. So this is about paper. So this definitely mm-hmm. um, will probably sit home with a lot of people. If if a pile of mail is driving you crazy and say it's not just a pile, it's several piles um, all around your home that's all over the counter. One of the things you can do to set up just sort of a mail, what I call a mail organizing system, is to have one designated spot for your mail. So that every mail, piece of mail that you get comes uh, into the house and it goes into its own basket. Um, what happens here is you're containing the mail. So you're putting it into a container. It's an open container. So it's not like you're filing away and can't ever see it again, but it keeps your counter clear. And once you have the mail all in one spot, then you can decide how you're going to process it. You know, what, what's going to happen to that mail. And we're going to talk about paper next Mm -hmm. week and go into more detail about that. Um, But that's just an example of how you can see something that is cluttering up your counter. And now I need to, to build a system around it. So I love that. And, and I, again, I'm one of those that like if for, for those hotspots, I have to 
I have to address the hotspots quickly or they go out of control, right? right? That's one of those sort of muscles you have to build. We have a space in our home. I don't. It's been a long time since you've been up here, I know. But we have this kitchen counter. And then there's the kitchen counter surface. And then there's like a little shelf that's slightly lower on one side. Right, and I you remember. can tell, uh-huh. yeah, like the intention of that little shelf, it's the, the full length of the counter and it's kind of in the dining area. And I think that the intention was, you know, you slide up a chair to that little shelf and it becomes a little, you know, breakfast kind of thing. But it's way too low for an adult human to sit at. <laughs> right. like you, wouldn't, you wouldn't just slide up a chair. It's like it's like an airplane table on your lap. Like it's not good. And so that shelf has become like its singular purpose is clutter, right? Mm-hmm. That is that's all it is. We've tried for 20 years to figure out what is the purpose of this stupid shelf. And all it is is a place to put stuff when we're clearing it off the table during our right. hotspot cleanup, <laughs> which is not a good idea. Like, that's not a great use of that thing. For us, we're getting to the point where in order to address this hotspot, we need to do some kitchen renovation. <laughs> like we need to actually remove the shelf because we right. lose stuff in it. We It just becomes this place for piles that we, we never know where things, it, it just disappear. You'd think this little shelf is about eight inches deep. Like it, it, we'd be able to stay on top of it, but we, we lose stuff on mm-hmm. that little stupid shelf. Mm-hmm. So uh, that has become a significant hotspot for us that we have to, we have to figure out how to address. And, and pay attention to it, right? And pay right. attention, build some well, regular routines around it. And I've talked to other people too, who will have like, they'll have some kind of table, right? Um, as they walk into their house, they'll have like a table where they'll put, you know, their keys and bags or whatever. And mm-hmm. that area will also get really cluttered. And one of the solutions I had with a client, um, this was a long time ago when I was actually a professional organizer is we decorated the table. So now she had a bowl, like a nice decorative bowl that she could put the keys and the wallet and stuff in cell phones, whatever. Uh, But she also had a plant and Mm -hmm. she had like something else, you know, so that you really couldn't physically, I mean, you could, but it was harder. Yeah. So it it was harder. You're protecting yourself from bad habits. Yeah. That's good. Right. Yeah. I like that. Um, you know, one of the things that we have to pay attention to is new purchases because those um, de- those decisions have not be- been made yet, you know, mm-hmm. for the most part. So if you are going shopping and you come home, um, one of the things you want to think about when you're maintaining your space is going back and deciding where are those things going to go so that they don't just sit in a bag on the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's something to keep in mind. Uh, another strategy is to certainly purge on a regular basis. One of the things that we talked about in week two is that your sorting never ends. It's something that continues to happen um, periodically. And so again, to maintain your space, uh, you will want to probably go back to step two and um, review those strategies and do that at least you know once a year where you go through your home and you do that. You do that in January where you we guys do, have yeah. that annual um, game that you do, yeah. you know, the daily and, and cleanup, purge. right? Yeah. The purge, purge one item, uh, per number of the day. So by the 31st of January, 31st of January, we're taking 31 items out of the house. Right. And that's a big deal. I mean, that is maintenance. You are maintaining mm-hmm. your home so that it doesn't get, you know, um, it doesn't have all this stuff all the time when you never are actually paying attention to let go of the stuff that you don't need anymore. Right. Um, you can certainly, you know, schedule this time, um, 
you know, a lot of times people will do it at the beginning of the year, like what you're doing. A lot of people will do paperwork purges um, around tax time. Um, So, you know, there's different ways you could attach that habit to something that maybe is already going on Um, and reward yourself. If you're going to be doing this with your family, again, if you're getting people, your roommates involved in the process, uh, you know, go out to dinner afterwards or have a special dessert or do something that, you know, to kind of celebrate the, the, the progress that you're making. Cause it takes, you know, it takes, it's hard work, right? I mean, you, you, this is not easy stuff or people wouldn't be listening. Um, Let's see. Oh, another strategy that I like in between. So just on day to day living, have a donation bag or a box somewhere in your home, whether that's in the garage or somewhere where when you notice that you have something that you no longer want, you can put it in there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're not necessarily going to Goodwill or anywhere that day, but you're just collecting the items as you see them. And that's exciting. It is exciting. If you have an Ikea near you, go get one of the giant Ikea bags. Right. This is, they're perfect for this because sometimes the things that you you think, oh, I should donate that are larger than like a grocery bag. And these Ikea, those giant blue Ikea bags, you can put blankets in there. You can put pillows in there. You can put some or you can put small things in there. It is a great uh, it makes a great like temporary or regular donation bag. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great idea. And I just have to say this again. Um, we started talking about this at the beginning. You know, the, the nice thing about being at this stage is that, again, you've already done steps one, two and three. So when you are doing your yearly purge, it's going to feel different. You're going to have less stuff to go through. You're going to have already practiced this system. You know, you're going to be more familiar with it. You're going to have strategies that you can go back to. You have a toolbox, you know, that you can Mm -hmm. that you can use. And so it is going to feel different. So I want people to feel confident knowing in, you know, going into these going into maintenance, knowing and understanding that they can do it and they know how to do it. Yeah. Another thing that we want to do when we're paying attention to maintenance is updating our current systems. So if for some reason the mail basket was not working for you, we need to figure out why. Uh, is it too far from when you walk into the door? Maybe you need to put that mailbox, you know, mail basket closer to the door. Right. Um, if you uh, have a system for your shoes, like we have one place where our shoes go, but many times the shoes don't go to that place. So where are they going? And trying to kind of figure out what what do we need to change and tweak. So that's also part of maintenance is that we all go through different seasons and we have to think about if this isn't working, if it's not easy, if we can't find what we need, then we've got to rethink that step three. And that was when we were building um, where things were going to go. Shoes are an interesting one because that's that's one where like we have a shoe cabinet right in our entry hall. And the whole idea is you come in the house, you take your shoes off and you put them in the cabinet, which is grand unless you're, you know, you're you're, uh, one of the kids who just wears shoes all the time and is doing frequent ins and outs and they don't really have slip on shoes. Sometimes the shoes end up in other places. That's one where the system we have talked about it. Like, is there is there an improvement we can make to the system? And the answer ultimately was no. The system was important to some of us more than others. But because it was important to some of us, it the behavior we had to change was you need to recognize this is important to some of us and please respect that. Right. 
by helping us to remember to clean up the shoes. And the real benefit is because it's a system that is important to us, we all were willing to be trained on it. Mm -hmm. And when it gets out of control, we can say, hey, kid number one, uh, your job is shoe shelf and you know exactly how to do it, even if you aren't somebody who practices it every day. You know, kid right. number one happens to have a challenge with shoes, but he absolutely knows how to clean it up when it's time. Yeah. And that's maintenance right there. Yeah. You yep. just described uh, maintenance. Just a quick sort of reminder of habits. You know, a lot of these things are habits and um, it really does help to to especially like for the daily cleanup to kind of attach it to something that you're already doing. And so if you already have sort of a nightly routine, add that to the nightly routine or the morning yeah. routine or something like that, it will, it will work better because you'll remember it. Um, and it does take some time to, to practice it, to remember it. So definitely, you know, have it on a checklist or have a reminder or something that you're going to be putting this into your schedule or into your daily routine, I think is important. And again, if you can't do it every day that's okay whatever you can do is going to make a difference and um that's that's really you know what we're what we're aiming for right right that's it that's the big that's the big uh maintenance episode it sounds so easy you know it's paying attention it's going back to the steps when you need them and having the confidence that you can do it and i think the biggest thing too that the biggest takeaway is that you know just think about what's good enough and i go back to the bookshelf that we talked about is it okay that the books are different uh whether they're horizontal or vertical yeah. it, it might be you know it might just That's be a, good it enough. Is. it's a great reminder too it's a great reminder for the rest of the things that are causing me pain you know as i gaze longingly into my closet closet it is you know it's a working closet and i need to mm -hmm give myself permission that it continues to be a working closet as long as I can find what I need when I need it. That's right. Thank you, Nikki Kinzer. Thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to this show. We appreciate you hanging out with us today. Uh, and make sure to check in next week. If you haven't listened to the old, the, the past three episodes, get caught up. Next week, we're going to take on bum, bum, paper. Uh, so thank you, everybody, for your time and your attention. And uh, we'll catch you next week right here on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. Mm -hmm.